0: The only choice to replace John Scott as the defensive line coach is Dion Barnes. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, and joined once again by a very special guest, Penn State, former Penn State defensive lineman, and that is Aeneas Hawkins. Aeneas, great to see you again, and uh, fitting, given the the news we had about the defensive line.
1: Yeah, not definitely a pleasure to be here. Surprising news out of that D-line room with Coach Scott getting out of there, but uh, definitely happy to be here as always, Zach.
0: Yeah, John Scott, moving back to the NFL, he's had stint, He's had a stint in the NFL, in the SEC, settled in in Happy Valley for three years, but I think given some personal circumstances, uh, J.W., his son, who's going to be uh, playing at Fordham, uh, is now out of high school, so that kind of frees some things up, but he's going to the Detroit Lions. Are you surprised by this move?
1: Uh, I, I would say I'm surprised by the timing of it. Uh, okay. You know, Obviously, you know, pretty deep in the winter workouts, spring ball right around the corner. Uh, You know, typically when I look at things, I remember Sean Spencer even leaving a few years before. um, And I remember that being before winter workouts really got started. So it's a little deep in the game. But at the end of the day, you know, I always thought Coach Scott was a guy who was a good fit for the NFL, uh, was a tremendous college coach at that. But definitely seems like an NFL fit, Uh, very professional, goes about his business as an NFL coach would. Um, So I think it makes sense that he made that transition when he did.
0: Yeah, the Detroit Lions did lose uh, their defensive line coach, so the move makes sense for Detroit. And they haven't specified if he's going to be an assistant or the uh, the full on defensive line coach. He is going to be working with the position. Just it depends on what kind of capacity uh, when Detroit announces the move. But uh, James Franklin thanked him. Uh, also, the other complex part of this is uh, because we'll get to Deion Barnes in just a second. I mean, that seems like the natural transition point for penn state but he was also the run game coordinator so it wasn't just while he's coaching up the defensive line he was developing the run plan he was working with nicholas singleton and katron allen and getting the best out of those guys so how does penn state recover from that ultimately losing a guy that influenced a significant part of the offense
1: yeah obviously coach scott's a guy who you know, not only is is proficient as a defensive line coach, but understands the run game on both sides of the ball. Uh, typically, most of your D-line coaches are capable of doing that because there's such a an emphasis on the run game up front. Um, so, you know, that's going to be a challenge to fill. But again, you know, I look at who's on the staff already. There are guys who, who certainly understand how to develop the run game, and how to coordinate it effectively. Uh, so I don't look at it uh, too, you know, I don't look at it as too serious of a loss in terms of the run game aspect of it, because okay. I think about a guy like Troutwine and, and a Ty Howe, who's working with those tight ends, and even a Manny Diaz, uh, who has a good understanding of what it takes to run the ball and run it effectively. Uh, I think they have plenty of uh, people on the staff that can kind of fill that role.
0: Okay, so that that's good to know that Penn State doesn't have to be worried, just because it's so late in the cycle, right? Yeah. You brought that up immediately, that it, it's going to be March here you know this move coming out uh, Monday February 27th but uh, this is something where Penn State hasn't had to necessarily recover from replacing assistant coaches like this It played a significant role he's not just uh, any old graduate assistant I mean this is your defensive line coach and your run game coordinator so if you're James Franklin how do you think he's approaching this given that it is you know on the cusp of inside of March when he's going to have to make the next hire
1: yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I know for a fact that he's going to be, you know, rushing to kind of fill this role as quick as possible, whether that's Dion Barnes or somebody uh, from the outside coming in. You know, you want to have that spot filled by the time spring ball rolls around. Uh, you want your position group, the D-line specifically, which is chalked full of kids and a lot of young kids who are developing. Uh, you want to make sure they have a leader going into spring ball because that's a, that's a huge developmental piece of the offseason for those young guys who are going to be expected to step up next year. Uh, and it's a lot more difficult to do it without a leader that they respect in there. Uh, so I know Coach Franklin is going to do a good job of making that search. Uh, again, whether that's Dion or outside, he'll bring the right guy in to, to lead that group before spring ball, I, I would believe.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Is now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sports book because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is right. That is bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything. Your favorite NBA bets from the spread, the money line, the total, to player props like points scored, rebounds, assists, and so many other exclusive bets. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a better chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That is fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the nba it is locked on nittany lions i'm zach Seco joined by special guest aeneas hawkins former penn state defensive lineman we we're talking defensive line coach vacancies in happy valley as john scott moves on to detroit and deon barnes seems like the ideal candidate here and a very good coach someone that you and i talking throughout the season this past in 2022 that he he's just a guy that understands it even though he's a young coach he gets it He could be a phenomenal recruiter as he gets more involved because he was just a graduate assistant but now he's been promoted in that analyst role along with with recruiting coordinator but here's a wide open door and if you pay attention on social media look who was the guy that with john scott gone had to make his choice for the workout warrior of the day and winter workouts here so is that a sign to things to come is he the leading candidate of uh, what what kind of why Why is Deion Barnes the ideal candidate at this point in time, which seems such like a quick turnaround, but it yeah. makes sense?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I've pounded my fist on the table for Deion Barnes before, and I'll do it again here. Uh, he's a guy that everybody in that D-line room respects. Um, obviously tough to lose your position coach right before winter workout. But I know for a fact that those guys were in there busting their tails for Dion Barnes because there's a lot of buy-in uh, about him. He's a Philly guy. He's a guy who played here. Uh, I think about a guy like Ty Howell, who was in a similar situation as a, as an assistant, uh, and then quickly was promoted as that tight ends coach. And finally is seeing a lot of that success. Uh, and in my opinion is one of the better, Uh, tight end coaches in the country. I think Deion can be the same way. He's a young star, uh, understands the game top to bottom. You bring up recruiting, uh, again, being from Philadelphia, being well-respected in that area and various other areas. He's a guy that makes perfect sense to me. Um, Again, you talk about bringing in a a completely different, a completely brand-new coach at this point in the offseason. That can be a lot uh, for a room to kind of digest and get acclimated to, and I think that's minimized a lot. Yeah, uh, if you just go the Deion Barnes route. Um, and I think that's why Deion Barnes should be prospect number one. Uh, and I would have no surprise or any doubt uh, that he goes out and crushes it in year one as a D-line coach if that if that were to happen.
0: Yeah, because it doesn't seem like Penn State fans are settled on the fact some people are, you know, locked to the show, locked on Nittany Lines. yourself, myself, and, and a few select others say – Hey, it's Dion Barnes. And then some people say, pump the brakes. He doesn't have any on-field coaching experience. He's just been a graduate assistant. Uh, he's not too far removed from playing. And I, I have to disagree here. I, I think he's the ideal candidate. It's someone that I, I wanted to be on staff, so I'm glad they carved out a position for him. But now you give him a more encompassing role where he can actually put his coaching talents fully on display and mold some of these players.
1: Yeah. And, you know, to the, to the naysayers and the doubters, I would tell you as somebody who has spent time uh, on the practice Ma'am. field with Deion Barnes at games with them, they're not going to find a guy that's going to work harder than Deion Barnes. Number one, I understand that he's young, uh, but in football years, he's really not as young as people are making them, you know, seem. He played football here. Uh, he's been coaching here for a few years at this point. He understands the system. And again, in terms of respect levels from the D lineman themselves, Nobody else has more power than Deion Barnes. He is a guy that everybody in that room respects um, and, you know, again, would 100% play for. I think back again to Sean Spencer, the biggest positive to me about him as a coach is that his guys would run through a brick wall for him. Um, Deion Barnes is very similar. Uh, I know his players would step up and play ball for him. So I have no doubt, again, that the D-line would have ultra success working under him
0: and what What is it about Dion Barnes that players respond to so well? Is it just the relatability? Is there that because chaos, you, you not everybody was his friend. I, I imagine that, you know, he's a great guy to be around. That's why he's back down at Florida after his time in the NFL. He's like he's going to have a continue his career because he's shown success at developing defensive lines. But there was that respect to him. It's that chaos, the run through the brick wall. So what is it about Dion Barnes' personality, his words, or the way that he's able to communicate the players that just get the most out of them? Because that's what is key here.
1: Yeah, it's a combination of a few things. Uh, number one, as a player, you're really able to tell pretty quickly which coaches know their ball and which ones don't. Uh, And you know, which ones are able to give you the tools that you need to go find success. And from day one, Deion Barnes has been that. So that's number one. Number two, you know, you talk about relatability. That's important. But more importantly to me is the fact that Deion Barnes has always been a guy who keeps it 100% transparent and authentic with the guys that he's around. Uh, If you're a guy who's not performing at the highest level and needs to kind of turn it up, he'll let you know that candidly. Uh, But he does it from a place... Uh, of being respectful and, a, uh, you know, while still being stern enough to get the response he wants from his guys. Um, you know, he's relatable, yes, but he's also a football coach. Uh, and he's good at keeping it real and letting guys know what they need to do to get better, uh, to continue to expand their role. So, you know, I think he really fits all three of those things. Again, uh, a Philly guy, a guy that played here and gets it, that's also important. Uh, but to me, when I look at those boxes that, that need checked off in terms of player-coach relationships, Deion Barnes has every tool I think he needs to be successful
0: this group is incredibly talented i, I yep. mean and and some i just i sit back and i and i look at the comments about well the defensive line doesn't have this or they're one of the le- le- uh, weakest links in this uh, overall penn state roster and that's just hard for me to say because you and i discussed on previous shows that a defensive, a a nose guard of three of the variety of 370, 380 pounds would not work. And that seems to be the consensus is that, well, Penn State needs to get bigger. Penn State needs size in the middle. Uh, The defensive ends are okay, but really in the middle. And I just, I I don't, I don't see it. I really don't. I think that, I think this group is going to help the linebackers and make the secondary look better because they're going to get such ample pressure on the quarterback and be in the backfield disrupting plays.
1: Yeah, now it comes down to scheme again. Uh, Manny Diaz's defense is not built for 380 pound nose tackles. Um, P.J. Mustafer is going to be the best man in my wedding, but realistically, with this type of defense, we're not going to be recruiting a whole lot of P.J. Muster's 320 guys uh, who are sitting there and, and you know able to really play two gaps at once and be just run guys. Uh, you know, they have a lot of young athleticism in that room. Uh, the DN room, you know, I, I kind of laugh when people look at the D-line as as a weak link. There are multiple, yeah. multiple NFL guys in that room right now. Uh, just when we think about the ends, I think about Adisa Isaac and Chop Robinson. Those two guys could very well be high picks uh, in a draft. We haven't even talked about Zariah and Smith and Amin Vanover. Those are all guys who I think at least are getting a shot in the NFL. And the D, D tackle room is very similar. So, you know, I don't buy into the hype. Uh, that they need a three hundred seventy pound run stuffer in order to be competitive. those guys play the run they proved it last year. Uh, in my opinion, I think they'll go prove it again. they hear the outside chatter uh, and I think that they'll they'll kind of quiet those naysayers as the year develops next year.
0: I think the defensive end room is as deep as it gets You're yeah deny denying in a sudden well. no doubt yeah. And all those guys can cycle in and contribute starter type of reps. It really, that's, that's why I like the way the defensive line is utilized that they have basically an a group and a B group. And then those guys, they rotate in and they're always fresh. Yeah. uh, And not to to
1: cut you off or go back, but again, you look at the depth in the D end room specifically, and who do you think is responsible for developing those guys? A lot of it comes back to Dion Barnes working on hands and get off a guy who played the end at a high level. Uh, and understands it, you know, and again, not to take it back even further, but Larry Johnson uh, back in the day was was an outstanding D line coach here. And he's the one that developed Deion Barnes. Um, so, you know, we, we we talk about getting some experience and some guys who know their ball in the building. Uh, Dion Barnes is that in my opinion.
0: It's funny that you bring that up because I saw some of the suggestions it was go get chaos back or it was uh, Elijah Robinson does make a little sense because he was a graduate assistant but it's tough to probably pull him away from Texas A&M for a lateral move uh, as well and I don't know if Penn State's going to get into a bidding war with those guys down in Texas, and then uh, Larry Johnson at Ohio State. And I said, well, here we go. So you have a disciple of Larry Johnson in the case of Deion Barnes. So, uh, Aeneas, final question. I mean, ultimately, do you think that Deion Barnes will be the next Penn State defensive line coach?
1: I'll tell you what. I'm hoping he is. Um, okay. Again, I, I'll tell you, Coach Franklin, you know, anytime we have an assistant coach leave, uh, you know, he's got his Rolodex of guys. Uh, in the back of his mind, on speed dial, in uh, the opportunity that uh, you know a coach does make a decision to go somewhere else. So I know he'll go through that full process. Uh, I know he'll do the right thing for that room. And maybe that is an Elijah Robinson, a Sean Spencer, if the opportunity comes, but in my opinion, and I'm sure they're thinking this way too, Deion Barnes uh, is very deserving to be in that conversation. It should be seriously considered. Um, and that's something that I vouch for. And I'm sure a lot of the guys in the D line room would as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested in seeing who it's going to be. I, I can't sit here and say with a hundred percent certainty that it will be Dion. I think we'll see pretty quickly what it's going to be. Um, but either way, I think Deion deserves his opportunity to be considered.
0: Former Penn State defensive lineman Aeneas Hawkins, I appreciate the knowledge, the insight, the perspective, and just putting it, you know, in a well-rounded way to say that Dion's De- the guy. And there shouldn't be this much doubt around the defensive line room. I think they're going to be one of the better position groups on the team in 2023. So thank you for for everything on the show absolutely thank you for having me zach appreciate you today's episode is sponsored by a built bar looking for a delicious treat but you don't want all the fat and calories then you gotta try a built bar i know my goal is still to eat a little healthier this year and if you're like me where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise the taste, the man I've got just the thing for you. You've got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. What makes Built bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right, real chocolate, and they come in unbelievably tasty flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I- I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and what's even better is they are healthy for you. 130 calories 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein and now you don't have to wait around to get a box. For years we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com and now you can get them at your local Sam's Club or Walmart. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk over to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a 4 bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. And if you're close to sam's club run in grab a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro you can thank me later it is locked on nittany lions final segment for your friday and it has to do around max lift day for the penn state nittany lions and media had availability to go and watch shoot some film get some footage talk to chuck losey afterwards the strength and conditioning coach And there were quite some takeaways, saw some social media highlights of those guys maxing out, uh, doing a lot of squats. But but basically what it was, the media were allowed to huddle around, watch players do primarily squats, uh, it really, some other guys were doing some other workouts like cleans and, and whatnot, but there really wasn't, uh, anything else. I imagine that they did some more stuff, uh, in private and not every single player was available, but I'm going to explain seeing it firsthand, just ultimately what some of those takeaways were. So, uh, well, let's start with this. Penn state's got some studs. They truly have some warriors in the weight room, right? Uh, you go to the defensive line in particular, Jordan Vandenberg, watched him squat over 550 pounds. And that was multiple reps of 550 pounds. Zane Durant squatted 500 pounds. Hakeem Beeman squatted 500 pounds. I mean, there are some studs and that those were just particularly the defensive linemen. The cornerbacks were there, guys in the secondary linebackers were squatting Abdul Carter, for example, close to 450 pounds, if not more. I mean, there, there was a lot to like from the strength and conditioning that has been built up from the players that were present when the media were there. Now I want to go to deny Dennis Sutton, because not only is he, he's, freak athlete, but just a freak personality. And, and I mean that in a good way. Deny Dennis Sutton has has this personality where he is very driven. He likes to drive other people as well. And, and what I mean by that is he hypes them up. He was around veteran players, new players just trying to get the most out of them to hype them up. And it was really good to see because this is somebody that is in the second year of, his, of the program. This is his first winner season with the Nittany Lions. And it just felt that, to me, that's a little bit of a leadership role. To, to exemplify that, to be supportive, uh, He just a very intense player. Very intense. It was a lot of fun to see his expressions, uh, how involved he was, in not only his own lifts but his teammates' lifts. So I really liked what I saw from dennis Sutton. He is truly all business, uh, seriousness. There, there is an edge to him, and, and you don't want to cross that line. Trust me, a uh, very, very tough and intense player. And and I was all for it. We did not get to see Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. Unfortunately, we did not. I imagine there was something going on because we also did not see Drew Aller. Drew Aller was there. He was in uh, street clothes, not the uh, lift clothes. And, and Jackson Smolick was also not participating either. So I imagine either some guys could have part- not participated for various reasons. I'll-, I'll give another example. When the media were not there, the wide receivers did not lift. I don't think I saw. I saw Caden Saunders walk out of the building Uh, But that was about it. All the other wide receivers really, uh, you didn't see them. So I wonder if there were, you didn't see special teams either. You didn't see the punters, the kickers, uh, long snappers, what have you. So I wonder if there was a divide as far as who lifted, when they lifted, what workouts did they do? Primarily we saw Defensive players, linebackers, defensive linemen, guys in the secondary. Bo Prabula was there. Maybe it was dependent on the class schedule as well. If some guys had their morning available, maybe so. I, I can't assume who did and did not participate in these uh, max lifts because they might have already done them. They might have already participated. Uh, I'll give you an example here as well. The freshman offensive linemen, Javon Williams and Anthony Donko they were doing their max reps in this late afternoon session when the media were there. And Alex Birchmeyer was around to watch them uh, be a part of it. I took some videos for his social media as well, but he wasn't lifting. So why were some of the offensive linemen lifting and then not him? That's just an example there. But uh, I was really disappointed because we've only heard that Nicholas Singleton is going to challenge some of those records that Saquon Barkley set in the weight room and I thought we were going to get a a show from from Singleton and from Allen, right? Uh, Both those guys, I think, eventually, maybe probably next offseason if they haven't already, but we didn't get to see it. So I I have nothing to report here as far as injuries or absences other than they just weren't there. They weren't participating. Drew Aller, Jackson Smollett were in attendance. We did physically see them, uh, but they, again, may have already participated in another set. So we did see Bo Prebula lift and this was intriguing as well because guys were hyping him up. I mean, they, everybody was getting hyped up, right? All the teammates were being supportive, but it feels like Bo Prebula does have this respect among his teammates. And it's not to say that drew Aller and Jackson Smollick don't drew Aller was there having fun with his buddies, his friends, even though he wasn't lifting, but Bo Prebula uh, definitely just, he, he looks different. He, he has this confidence, this swagger to him. Squatted over 400 pounds. That is a quarterback, mind you. That is a quarterback in his second season at Penn State, and he's squatting over 400 pounds. Like I said, I was disappointed that we didn't get to see any other workouts, like maybe a bench press or or some more guys doing some hang cleans or some power cleans, what have you. Uh, some shoulder presses, maybe it was primarily squats. But uh, again, that was what we were present for and what we were there to see. Now, now back to the defensive line for a little bit, because this was interesting from the fact of who was available and not available last season. So Smith-Vilbert uh, did miss all of last season. We still don't know why. We we could assume injury, but he looks good. He looks fine. He was squatting over 400 pounds. Uh, Zariah Fisher, someone we know was coming back from injury, did play a little bit last season, and he doesn't look like he missed a beat. Now, also uh, in that rotation, I think is it, it's important to note Jalen Reed, somebody who had a shoulder injury after the Rose Bowl, immediately had surgery And then here we are right at the beginning of March, and I know he's squatting, so that's an upper body injury and squats are with your legs. But Jalen Reed, looked; he was a full participant. So uh, those guys who have been off the football field uh, in the case of Reed for a very short stint of time, but those guys... Are our full participants and uh looking very good going into spring ball as the practices are getting very close to starting. This is the these seven weeks, this is the end of the workouts. This is the end of the winter workouts, and now they go into spring ball. Uh, and these are very important as we'll finish here with what Chuck Losey had to say. So Chuck Losey spoke with the media for about 10 to 12 minutes uh, and and was open, was transparent, talked about leadership, talked about Bo Prabula and Drew. Drew Aller in particularly when asked, saying that those guys have benefited from each other. So someone like Drew Aller that he said was not naturally a, a a leader and someone that really had to work on his body because he's six foot five, he's a lot larger. And they said, Hey, Drew, you got to put on some muscle here because we want quarterback durability. We want durability in our quarterbacks. And he said, because of the kind of player that Bo Prabula is, a little more of an athletic quarterback and the way that his personality is, that actually helped Drew. And Drew, in a sense, helped Bo Prabula as well. So Chuck Losey pointed out that these two mutually benefited from one another, being in the same class together, being in the same room, and have pushed each other to, to be better athletes, to be better players overall. Talked about Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen, even though they weren't there during that time, said that they are just they're just workout warriors. Nothing else to say that they are just so impressive with what they're able to do. He also talked about Caden Saunders, Caden Saunders, somebody because the media asked a question about it. He said that uh, Caden Saunders has developed nicely, uh, someone that actually had to lose weight because of his body type. And a, a player that is doing better this offseason now that he's made some adjustments. And uh, Chuck Losey made note of that. Also said something that was definitely addressed was leadership. Since all those captains have gone away, Penn State's got to replace six captains. He said guys like Keaton Ellis, of course, being a veteran, that's that's a natural move. And the safeties because Tig Brown, Jair Brown, that was somebody who was pivotal. He was he was the captain, P.J. Mustafer. Those guys, they were true leaders. And he said that Keaton Ellis just has, frankly, stepped up into that role. And he said the offensive line as a group, which is great to hear, which is awesome to hear. The offensive line being a total encompassing group that is now become is thrusted into this leadership role. But a lot of guys are veterans. They're older. They're they're better. Uh, And so that includes, of course, Olu Caden Wallace, what have you. So uh, those guys, the fact that they were able to all be grouped together and Chuck Losey pointed them out when said, you know, hey, who's really stepped up in a leadership role? Uh, That that is important to see because they got a block for Drew Aller is going to be a first year starter. And, you know, that that's just really what it boils down to is that you not just one player, it's the whole group of an offensive line. Well, that's going to do it for me here on Locked on Nittany Lions. My name is Zach Sako. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not already. And make sure you check out Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Still got some more position previews to go the special teams. And then we're going to rank all of them heading into spring ball. So for all that and more, keep it right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.